Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes monthly, sometimes fortnightly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm good. Sorry, I was I was just fiddling with my mic as you, as you introduced me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can have fun uh, filtering that out later on. I hope it has sort of a wah-wah effect or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's me, or Peter. Yeah. Normally you have to filter out my voice, but... <laughs> Not this time. Cool. What are we talking about today, Peter? I mean, normally this is a- an exciting occasion where we are announcing a card. Mm-hmm. We are announcing the card probably slightly after most people have got it, though. So it's not going to be big news to a lot of people. Uh, and a lot of these cards have been known about for some time as well. Uh, but it'll still be a fun discussion, I think. This has always been the challenge for us. And we've said this to FFG. If they want us to announce cards, we want to be the people who actually announce them. And it's quite hard if if packs are leaked and, and things like that, that... Uh, it's then difficult to to do announcements. And this card as well, I mean, listeners are probably going to work out what pack this is from, but I think the pack isn't out yet in the States for another fortnight. Oh, really? But it's already out. Yeah, it, it's already out in the UK. So our source at FFG has given us lots of time if we were American-based. Right, okay. we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, we've got another card to announce. It's from the Return to the Path to Carcosa. And... Yeah, I'm really excited about it because that was when we first started announcing cards was in Carcosa. It was, yes. And there's added significance, I think, with the card we're going to announce, right? Yes. Yeah, there is. Should we dive right into it, Frank? Let's do it. I think it's my turn to read. I think it is as well. Yes. So this is the level three Storm of Spirits, which is very exciting because Storm of Spirits was the very first card we got to announce. Do you remember all those months ago with the art putting the art up and people guessing what the card was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, level level three. It's it's still a three-cost event. It's willpower and double combat icons. It's spell-traded. And it reads, deep breath, fight. This attack uses willpower instead of combat. You get plus two willpower for this attack. If you succeed, instead of its standard damage, this attack deals three damage to each enemy at your location any additional damage is dealt to the attacked enemy. If a skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, or tentacle symbol is revealed during this attack, deal two damage to each investigator at your location. So it's it's a relatively straightforward change from Storm of Spirits level zero. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. gained a combat icon. Yeah. It gives you plus two willpower. Mm-hmm. And the damage it deals both to enemies and to friendly investigators is, is increased by one. Yeah. Two to three and one to two. So a, a pretty straightforward upgrade to the original card. Yeah. Yeah. I like that for Mystic cards generally, when they upgrade spells, I mean, and you get that willpower boost, there's not always a set amount of um, XP that provides that. So for Rite of Seeking, to go to Rite of Seeking level 2, you can get the willpower boost. But for Shriveling, you go to level 3. And it's sort of, it's that kind of mid-range spell gains the baked-in willpower boost. And I think it's one of the things I like the most about how spells upgrade, is that they become more reliable and easier to land the more leveled up they are, which means you don't need as much kind of willpower support. So yeah, yeah. that's It, it kind nice. of it works well for Norman, doesn't it? 
because yeah. Norman doesn't necessarily pack his deck with willpower boosting from level zero. He he, no. because he just buys upgraded spells, which will give him or give him a boost to his willpower anyway. Yeah, you can end end up going down a bit of a blind alley where you're like, well, I'll be using a lot of spells, so I'll I'll run this holy rosary, and then you buy a lot of upgraded spells and realize that your willpower is consistently at seven or eight and way over. But that works well because he's not committing cards. Yeah, no, it's. It, I think it's. I think it's nice, and I think it's a. It's a subtle detail to how spells upgrade that I think is always worth keeping an eye on. The other thing that's really cool about this card, which I didn't really appreciate when I first looked at it, is the difference between doing an area of effect attack that does two damage to everything at your location and an area of effect attack that does three damage, and. Generally speaking, weapons that do three damage are in quite high demand, I would say. There's normally another card required in order to get a, a three damage attack, isn't there? Yeah, Whether that's a, or you're looking at sort of high level guardian cards. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Consistent damage at that level. And that, it, you know, on the one hand, it's just it's gained damage. But on the other hand, I think it's it's quite an important step from two to three in terms of the damage you can do. That that means there's some probably some pretty grotty enemies that you can one-shot. Yeah. Which is, yeah, really nice. It's also a nice part of, like a chunky enemy that's hard to deal with will often have five health. Mm. A five yeah. health is, is, yeah. a, is a tricky one to deal with. You need to hit three attacks with two damage. Yeah. But I like that you could do, say, a Storm of Spirits level three and then a 45 or a machete attack to do five damage in two actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels good. Feels really nice, yeah. And I think actually we've seen... Am I right in thinking the Piper is seven health? Yes, the Piper's seven. So yeah, one, two, three, and then four, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, that's then three and two twos, which is a good way of doing that in a, in a turn as well. Yeah, absolutely. In, within Mystic, for people who can take this card, the only other options for three damage hits was Shriveling level five... And the Song of the Dead. Oh, so yeah. one, a big XP investment, and the other, an unreliable three damage. And I think that's it. Unless you do with a level four, with Eldritch Inspiration. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> you know, that's also pretty hard to do and requires another card. So this this is not, it's not entering a crowded field for damage. And, I mean, really, you're probably doing, you're probably not using this just to do three damage, are you? You're probably using this to do six hopefully nine damage yeah yeah well, or at least killing enemies of that that level so you know yeah. you might have a three health and a couple of two health enemies at which point it's nice to use this mm-hmm. yeah so in advance of this episode you went back and listened to our first card announcement how was it <laughs> it was we made some some claims which i'm like oh I, we used to think that <laughs> um so we'd, we'd mentioned that it seemed like Mystic was the the pricey faction, I think we said. Mm-hmm. And that they had high-cost spells and then tools to, to play those high-cost spells. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know whether that's really held true. Uh, we also talked about this card being used with Spirit of Thame. Uh, okay. And it's been yeah. a long time since I ever thought about Spirit of Thame. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, that was... It was in Carcosa, right? It was when Spirit of Thame had come up, come out in the deluxe and... Tapping it for a little bonus combat. Yeah, but the other, little bonus the other thing we said, which I think probably holds pretty true, is that it's a really nice 
off-class card for um, a character with high willpower. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Zoe is a great example. I think we said all, pretty much all the Dun- Dunwich investigators. So mm, yeah, Ashcan Pete as well. We suggested you could use this card in. Yeah, because high, it's, high willpower Ashcan. It's, yeah. it's a really nice utility card. This is just Storm of Spirits. Yes, level zero, obviously. Yeah. So it's a really nice utility card to have as a complement to other ways of dealing damage to enemies. Mm, yeah, that's true. Because it, it's a sort of cheap dynamite blast. Obviously, it comes with a test, but it acts in much the same way as a dynamite blast that you can do a bunch of damage without the downside of a dynamite blast, which is getting hit. Uh, yes. Yourself. <laughs> yeah. There's still the risk with discard, but it's at least a risk that you can gamble on. So what's your experience of Storm of Spirits Level 0 been like? Uh, great question. My experience when it came out, there have been a couple of occasions where I've used it. I even ran it solo where you're not too likely to get swamped by enemies and found it doing a lot of work. So I ran it in Seth, so again, a, an off-class mystic, and it was just a really, really helpful card. The last thing you want in solo is to get mobbed. And having a card like Storm of Spirits where you can maybe kill a couple of rats as well as start damaging something else or or clear out a couple of two health enemies all in one action. So I've used it for sort of dealing, say, four or six damage in an action and thought that that was actually really worthwhile. And then as the card pool has grown, I found myself moving away from playing it. And particularly in Mystic, it would be the kind of card that sits in my hand that I could afford to play, but normally would prioritise playing a second copy of Shriveling or be saving up for a Rite of Seeking or something like that. So it became one of those cards, and I think events are very prone to ending up like this, that they they sit in your hand, you want to wait for the ideal time to get the most value out of them, and you end up not playing them, or you end up committing them for the icons. It was definitely still being included in my decks, it just wasn't necessarily having the impact that we talked about it having. How about for you? I, I've always um, looked on it quite fondly. Mm. I think that there's some decks where it really fits in well. It's it's just a really nice panic button to have. Yes, yeah. I think we probably said as much the first time we looked at the card that y- you don't need it until you want it and then you really want it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 I do know what you mean. Well, like, oh, Storm Spirits, I'm not going to get a chance to use this. Suddenly five two-health enemies come out, and you're like, oh my god, thank god I've got Storm of Spirits ready. Yeah, it's going to be one to watch as well if our suspicion about Dream Eaters with Zoogs that swarm is that we end up with lots of little enemies. Yeah. Because then dealing lots of damage in an action-efficient way becomes the, the, the pre- key thing you need to do as a fighter. It's not about being able to hit really hard. It's just about dealing out damage as quickly as possible. And a card like this then becomes really useful. It's worth worth keeping an eye on. And we should mention the double or nothing thing as well. Yeah, Because I, I remember us, I've pulled us that, checking. I've pulled that off a few times, actually. Yeah. It's really satisfying when that lands. So if you double or nothing a Storm of Spirits... The, the doubled damage isn't additional damage. It's that you you trigger the effect of success twice. So that means you deal three damage twice to each enemy at your location. So that's the important thing. It's not that it just does damage to the targeted enemy. It does damage to everyone. So at that point, pay three, do you know six damage times the number of enemies at your location. 
that's starting to become scarily strong. Yeah. And consider that you're likely to have a base stat of six or seven mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when you're using this spell because it's got that, that boost built in. So it, yeah. it won't be too hard to boost up enough to, to land that. Yes, yeah. And of course, I mean, it goes without saying, but the way you want Storm of Spirits to be played is you want to target the low fight enemy with other high fight enemies at your location so that you can then double the the fight one rats or the you know fight two whippoorwill or whatever it is and that doubles to a still pretty reasonable target to beat that's where you want your wither to to bring down their fight before you hit them, yeah. hit them with the double or nothing storm of spirits yeah, yeah yeah that's nice uh have you got anything else to add frank yeah the other thing that's changed i think about spells is that we have more spellcasters around and we have more options for kind of toolboxy spellcasting, particularly with Diana Esperance. And one of the ways that Diana gets good is if you can stick a really good spell on her. And this would turn a Diana Esperance deck into a pretty terrifying deck. You know, if you're firing out three damage bursts from Diana, I think that's really cool. Um, I'm quite excited to try that. So I'm going to probably pop this in my Marie deck and, yeah, be be able to just machine gun out damage. That's what I'm excited to see. How about you? Anything left for you? So the other thing worth mentioning, I think, is that in the not-too-distant future, we're getting the Dream Eaters expansion. Mm -hmm. And the Mystic from that, uh, that expansion has been announced. Yes, Should we just yeah. quickly read his text and see if we can oh, spot yeah. why I'm bringing this up? Peter, this is a great idea. <laughs> Go for it, yeah. Uh, okay, Luke Robinson, the Dreamer. Uh, you begin the game with Gatebox and play. You may play one event each turn as if you were at a connecting location and engaged with each enemy at that location. Mm. Oh, wow. So, so <laughs> Luke Robinson just sleeps in from his dream and plays a Storm of Spirit. Exactly. So, so he, I mean, he basically using it like a dynamite right yeah three damage yeah. to every enemy at a location at a connecting location mm, yeah uh without hitting allies usually wow that's so nice yeah he's gonna force us to look at events again and any event that we've gone oh but you don't really need to do you know like with blinding light you need to be engaged with the enemy to land the blinding light if you can suddenly just be considered engaged with the enemy and also not actually even need to be there it's such action efficiency isn't it yeah to, to be able to do that yeah and luke could wander off on his own or do his other things that we're not going to go into that in full detail but if the rest of his party is left behind and suddenly swamped with enemies it's like suddenly luke pops up from nowhere drops a storm of spirits everything's dead and then he disappears again yeah yeah it's so cool so cool it's like a proper magician so yeah i, I think definitely it's we don't obviously don't know what Luke's um, deck building requirements or anything are at the moment, but I think it's a fairly safe bet he'll get access to level three mystic events. Yeah, wow, that'd be horrible. If <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even um, Marie, who's our most limited mystic, still gets mystic up to level three and spells up to level five. So, yeah, still fine. And and I mean, speaking about that as well, obviously this is keeping this powerful card out of the hands of our off-class mystics like Daisy and Seth. Yeah, um, yeah, just. Just. And I think that fact that it does three damage 
meaning you have to be a properly powerful spellcaster to wield it. Makes sense to me, I think. I think it would be really strong in the hands of a Daisy or a Seth. So, yeah. Seth especially, yeah. Mm, yeah, for her kind of crowd control damage style that you can play Seth. And just like if you could get it in her, in her what, what do we call it? Her palette. Her palette. That's, the, that's the way I was looking for. Yeah, if you get it on her palette, that's incredible. I mean, it would yeah. be if she could take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good thing she can't. So yeah, so that's Storm of Spirits level three. Thanks again to FFG for sending it to us. Really cool to announce it. Always fun to talk about new cards. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and thank you for the FFG for keeping us in the loop on this. Um, it's It was nice to revisit uh, one of the old episodes, actually, and, and just listen to where our heads were back at the beginning of Carcosa. And like I say, um, Spirit of Army, we were like, oh, I wonder how this work- card works with that. And, you know, definitely a card that's fallen by the wayside, um, Spirit mm. of Army. Yeah. Yeah, even at the start of Forgotten Age, I remember people using some of Mateo's early XP for Spirit of Dame. Yeah. How interesting, yeah. Well, speaking of cards that have fallen by the wayside, and more generally the way the card pool is evolving, what we wanted to talk about for the rest of this episode, briefly, was a competition that we're going to run. So this is a chance for you, the listener, to get involved again, and it's another deck-building competition because it seemed like the last one we did went down really well. But it's um, a competition where there are a couple of conditions around what you can and can't include in your deck. So what we thought we'd do is to celebrate returning to Carcosa, we would do a competition where you can build a deck using any cards from the core set, or indeed multiple core sets if you have multiple, any cards from the Path to Carcosa cycle and its return box, and any cards from the Circle Undone. But that's it. So the the great thing about doing this if you're on Arkham DB is you can go and select which packs you own, and you can turn off Dunwich, turn off Forgotten Age, turn off everything else apart from Carcosa, Circle Undone, and the Core Set. I think we should allow any investigator. Yeah, that's why I'm going to yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can you can pick any investigator you want to do. They don't have to be from Core Deluxe or Carcosa, uh, Core Carcosa or Circle Undone rather. But the cards that are in their deck have to come from those three cycles, Core Set and two cycles. How are we going to pick a winner, Frank? So send those decks in to us. If you want to do a write-up about the choices you've made or about a synergy you've spotted, that would be great. Just put it in the description. You don't need to publish the deck if you don't want to. You can just send us the view link for your deck. Please, if you can, put them on ArkhamDB because it's easy for us to view. And we'll have a look at them all and read out some of our favourites. If you want to go thematic, we love thematic decks. If you want to be geared towards taking on Carcosa again, that's great. But if you just want to have a tinker with the card pool and see what comes up, that's fine as well. And the prize for the deck that we enjoy the most is we're going to essentially buy you a return box of your choice. But if it's a case of actually giving you a voucher for a shop of your choice to buy that yourself, we'll do that. But yeah, we'll sort you out with a return to box to celebrate your success. Excellent. And uh, how can people send us uh, links to their deck lists? They can email them to us at drawntotheflamepodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter, so they could, in theory tweet and send them to us as well and maybe we'll get patrons involved as well in the judging normally patrons like to do that kind of thing yes perfect 
It's funny because I I love Carcosa. I thought it was a brilliant cycle. I've played it a lot, but I haven't revisited it for quite a long time. And one of the feelings I had with Return to Path to Carcosa coming up was thinking, uh, do I really want to go back there? I feel like I know that story well. And then actually seeing Storm of Spirits and getting close to it, I started to get really excited about it again. And yeah, I pulled up a list of some of the cards from that cycle and it's just made me think ah yeah this is going to be really good so hopefully you know people can be excited about returning to Carcosa and use that to inspire their their decks yeah absolutely yeah yeah and I it's it's a really good cycle and I'm really curious as to how uh, Matt has tweaked it Mm, uh, with with the the additional encounter cards yeah I think one of the really great details about these return to sets is stripping out some of the core set encounter sets and putting in new ones. And it just makes the scenario so much more intense and flavorful. I really like it. He seems to be picking a signature uh, version of Ancient Evils for each of the return cycles as well, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. And yeah, and I, I believe he's done the same this time as well for Striking Fear. So no dissonant voices, no rotting remains, no frozen in fear. Like he did that with Dunwich and then again doing it here with a sort of a striking fear set for Carcosa. Just really cool. If you've got any questions, uh, just let us know. The, again, the email address is drawn at the flame podcast at gmail.com and we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. So drop us a message if you've got any queries. Yeah, and let us know what you think about Storm of Spirits level three as well. Is it going to make its way into your decks? Oh, that's the other thing we should have mentioned. Arcane Research. Oh, yeah. It's another great Arcane Research target. Yes. So that's one XP. Yeah, one XP upgrade if you want to do that. Mm, It's nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Great. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. 